Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Remnant Godcast with Pastor Todd Coconado. It's called the Daily Rundown, and we appreciate you tuning in the program. Got a lot of things to talk about this week. Today, it is Saturday, 8-15-2020, and there are many, many things going on in our country and our world. Um, so I'm going to get into some of these things. Uh, first, I want to just uh, start off by saying my condolences to our president. His brother has passed away. Uh, we are so sorry to hear that. I know that uh, yesterday, President Trump uh, made a stop to uh, visit his brother, um, and uh, I know he was in bad condition, Robert Trump. He ended up passing away tonight in New York City Hospital. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly which one he was at, but our, our prayers and condolences go out to you, Mr. Trump and the Trump family. I know that you have the absolute most difficult job probably in the world right now. And as you're getting ready for the November elections, uh, probably the last thing you need to do is lose your brother. So uh, I hope that the entirety of America can stop the polarization for a moment, stop the name calling and all the vicious attacks and just pray for our president. I know that's a lot to ask for, but uh, sure would be nice, right? I guess I sometimes live in a uh, in a dream world, because uh, in reality, I see people all over my social media pages continuing to attack him, not even caring one bit that he just lost his best friend and his brother. I want to read a statement from President Trump on this before we move on to the next thing. Uh, and I just admire the president, his, uh, his strength and willingness to continue to move forward. But he said in a statement released tonight is with a heavy heart that I share that my wonderful brother, Robert, peacefully passed away tonight. He was not just my brother, he was my best friend. He will be greatly missed, but we will meet again. His memory will live on in my heart forever. Robert, I love you. Rest in peace from President Trump. So President Trump, uh, we just want you to know we're praying for you. We love you. We're behind you. I know all around the country right now, there are intercessors, remnant believers in Christ, who understand the spiritual battle that we're in, who understand that we are literally in a war for the very future of our country, that we are in a war for religious liberties and freedoms, that we are in a war uh, that is a psychological warfare operation of, of what you know we call the deep state, but basically it's demonic in its nature. It's a battle between light versus darkness. And I know there's some believers that don't understand it, that don't see it, and I believe they're deceived, and I don't know how you can't see it, but I know there are people that don't see it because I see them like Beth Moore and others that are completely off base and really have lost credibility in my eyes because if you cannot see the battle that we're in for the very future of our nation, uh, that literally sitting at our doorstep is communism. And really, President Trump is the thin blue line between communism and continuing to have our constitution and the nation that we've known our life, our whole life. And so we are in that moment. And on this Saturday, where we're less than 80 days, around 80 days until November uh, 3rd, when we're going to be uh, voting for the president of the United States. And uh, we are in what we call the home stretch, but a lot happens in 80 days, a lot happens. Uh, 80 days is like an eternity in politics. But I will tell you, there's a lot of different battles going on right now. We hear a lot of people on the left talking about, uh, you know, these mail-in votes, these mail-in ballots. So I want to get into that briefly. 
uh, and, and just let you know, because my wife asked me this question, I think a lot of people are kind of foggy when it comes to the details of why this is an issue. So Craig Huey and I, uh, back in California, uh, were in the trenches last election and, and also during uh, the primary season. Uh, where we together went to 40 churches and spoke about religious liberties and freedoms and uh, voting your values. And so we are very familiar with uh, ballot harvesting or ballot gathering, uh, but it's really called ballot harvesting on the left, especially where they take the ballots uh, from people who maybe normally wouldn't vote or maybe normally wouldn't make it to the polls and they will take them for you. And so they collect you know, sometimes hundreds of ballots and take them in and turn them in to the county registrar and make sure that these ballots, you know, get counted. And oh, by the way, they're almost always Democrat. So the ballot harvesting has really happened on the left. Uh, they've been able in states like California to use this to gain a supermajority or a one party system. And that's why you're seeing what you're seeing in California. Uh, if California doesn't concern you, I heard a pastor in Ohio that was speaking today that we know, if California doesn't concern you, they're talking about California all over the country and world right now, because people are seeing that pastors have to follow this ridiculous, I mean, it's like a book of rules, and that was before when they actually allowed the churches to be open, then Gavin Newsom, the tyrant, Gavin the tyrant, closed them down back again. Now churches are either going to be in, um, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't want to use the, re the word rebellion because they're not being rebellious according to the scripture, but they are um, protesting uh, against Gavin Newsom, Gavin the tyrant, because uh, I'm just going to start calling him Gavin the terrible. I, I really believe we need to give him a name like that, Gavin the terrible, because that's what he is. He's terrible. And he's a, he's a dictator. He's a socialist dictator. He's a communist. Let's just be honest. He's a communist tyrant that for some reason doesn't have a problem with protesters meeting. I remember in the streets of Hollywood when they were burning Los Angeles Police Department vehicles, burning them, you know, burning city equipment, burning uh, what, what, what the police officers use to keep the cities uh, safe. And then they, and then after they burn all the police cars, the, the, what is it, the city council, they decide to defund the police department. So, hey, by the way, your cars just got burned, but instead of replenishing and fixing your cars, we're going to burn, the, uh, you know, we're going to burn your, your, your income too. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And if people think that that's going to work out and play out well, I will tell you, LA is becoming a third world country. I hear the stories every day. Thankfully, and I have a huge heart for California and a huge heart for Los Angeles. I'm out there often. I speak out there. I have friends out there. I pastored for 16 years in Los Angeles. I've been in ministry for over 21 years in Los Angeles. I, I love LA. I love California. I mean, it's, I never thought that we would leave California, but you know, God had different plans and has called us to do different things right now in this season. But as I look at California, I'm concerned. Now, it doesn't mean I think revival is going to happen because I'm already seeing pockets of revival. We've interviewed pastors on this show that we're seeing God move greatly in the middle of this persecution. You know, my mom's still out there having services right now. There's, there's, God is moving in Los Angeles, California. God is moving in, in you know, all of California, San Diego, Orange County, San Francisco. I hear, I hear great stories, but unfortunately, the churches are being persecuted and that is the beta test for what would happen if Joe Biden or Camilla Harris 
or anybody on the Democrat platform uh, ticket would would become president. And I, I, I just don't understand, but I guess, you know, maybe it's it's the fact that we have been, you know, silent for too long in the body of Christ. Maybe it, it's for too long we didn't speak to anything political because we were afraid we were going to told separation of church and state and get yelled at by somebody when they don't even know what they're talking about because they're, you know, the, the whole separation of church and state uh, saying, phrase, the history behind it, it's a lie. It was a letter that was written from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist Church promising that the government would stay out of the church's business. Well, they're not doing that, are they? It never had to do with the fact that churches should not be involved in politics. In fact, I think if those framers and, and the people of that day were to hear what, what the Democrat Party has used that letter and, and skewed it and, and misconstrued it and misrepresented it, and turned it into something which it's not, and they're using this phrase, and now young people think that they're, it's like some type of law and then our constitution, that's what they think. Is it something in our constitution that says there has to be a separation of church and state? Nonsense. That's the problem with the United States, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we got to where we are because we've been too quiet for too long. We've been out of it all. We, we, don't, we don't have influence anymore. We're like, we became too relevant and, and, and too worried about being like the culture instead of having the culture follow us. We're meant to be the head, not the tail. We're not meant to be the ones that, you know, are trying to fit in. I mean, that's like high school. Come on. Jesus is always relevant. The church is always relevant. We don't need to pretend or try to be cool or, you know, look like the latest fad or whatever. I, it's ridiculous. The church needs to have authority. The authority is given when you live in holiness and purity and righteousness, when you stand for the word of God, when you're spending time in prayer, when you're spending time asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to do today? What can I, what can I do to better serve you today, Lord? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your, your power and your anointing as I go out today, Lord God, to have divine appointments, Lord, to be an influencer, to bring people to the kingdom of God. Let me, Lord, let me be a vessel to set the captive free. Let me be a vessel to lay hands on the sick, Lord. Let me be a vessel to be empowered on fire for you because you are real. You heal the sick, Lord. I know they're talking about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and they're pointing things at your your, your forehead now, lasers that, that literally do damage that people don't even realize. They're, this is like apocalyptic, ladies and gentlemen. And, and yet people are still in the back of their mind. I think they're holding on to this hope that things are going to go back to normal. That's what people think is as soon as the pandemic is over, things will eventually go back to normal. That's what they're feeling. That's what they're thinking, but they don't understand the strategy. They don't understand. They're not seeing it from spiritual eyes. They're not seeing it from what the Bible talks about. They're not understanding the lateness of the hour that we're in because the hour is extremely late. See, we're getting caught up in all these things. You know, that's why I posted that post. It's just a mask because how many it's just as have they told us since this coronavirus started? How many it's just, it's just this, it's just that, right? And, and, then, and then all these people are suffering now, businesses suffering. I talk to people every day, children depressed, more, you know, drug, drug addictions have lapsed and gone back into their drug addictions. People have, uh, have, have you know, fallen off the wagon, I guess would be the, the word, right? 
And, and, you know, I get on some of these pages on Facebook just to see what people are talking about, especially the California ones. The people are deceived, ladies and gentlemen, and we have to start waking people up. We have to, we have to engage. I know it's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's laborious. You got to go on there and explain. People say, well, give me facts and give me data. And, give, and it's like my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on there explaining to certain people what's going on. And, and you know what's interesting, though, is, is that when you actually hit them with, with, you know, the facts, they can't really say much back. They'll, they'll try to, you know, tell you, oh, yeah, whatever. But, you know, you, you know you've hit a nerve when you won the argument. And I'm not saying that we're, you know, we're all here to win the argument because the Bible says don't argue over the word. So I'm not suggesting that you get into arguments or definitely don't name call. That just brings it right to their level. We don't want to do that. But when somebody is open and open to discussion and you have an open door and you have the time and you're not, you know, don't be sitting on Facebook all day and, and ignoring your family or ignoring your job or anything like that. But if you have the time and somebody's asking, like tonight, it just happened to be that, you know, it's the weekend and I had some time and this person asked me a pointed question on a community page on Facebook and they said, will you answer this question? Bop, bop, bop. And you know what I did? I answered. I went one, two, three, four points. And I wrote each point out and I gave facts and statistics and data. And I will tell you, no one could, could dispute what I said. And so now there's a whole community that's reading my response. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything, but I'm just saying, this is what we need to be doing. We need to be you know, fighting back the lies. Now, when people start getting vicious and they start cursing at you and telling you all these awful things and calling you conspiracy theorists and you know, you're racist, you're all this. Well, that's where you, you don't engage because the Bible says, do not cast pearls before swine. So when, when somebody starts doing that, I just say, well, bless you. I'll be praying for you. I literally respond in a way that it almost doesn't look like my response even goes with what they just said. They're probably sitting there like, what is he talking about? But that's because I'm not going to, you know, stoop down to their level. That's not what we're meant to do. And we're not supposed to be arguing over the word of God. So don't do that either. But if you have an open door and you know people are watching, hit them with some truth bombs. Why not? That's what we need to be doing right now because, you know, this is where the battle is and we got to go where the battle is, ladies and gentlemen. It's like when you're in the war. I was explaining it the other day. When you're in the war, you go where the battle is. Where do they send the soldiers? Where do they send the equipment? You know, they send them the front lines because that's where the battle is being fought. Right now, the battle is being fought digitally in our country as people are, many people are still in their homes. Many people are online and they're, they're, they're you know, they're putting out false information. They're, a lot of them are sharing these articles from Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC, CNN. And sometimes I read these articles. Do you ever read the articles? I read the articles. I'm like, this article, it's like the whole article is propaganda. The whole article is fake. It's completely fake. And yet people are buying this stuff. They're saying, yeah, this is what's happening. No, we, we have to, look, that, that's what the church has done for, for decades, for generations. That's what the church has did see the the news came from the church before the church you know was the was the head of the schools was the head of society i remember when hollywood first started you know i've studied a lot about hollywood because i pastored in los angeles and of course i had my radio show hollywood live for many years and 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 you know so i knew a lot about hollywood i mean for years i was like the hollywood guy you know i mean people would say oh the hollywood yeah pastor todd you know if you're going to hollywood speak to pastor todd right so you know i know hollywood a little bit and I did a lot of research out in Hollywood. Now, I'm not saying I was the man in Hollywood, by the way. So I just want to make sure I never think that about myself. Please, I'm not one of those people. I'm just saying I knew a lot of people in Hollywood. That's it. And I, I don't think anybody can dispute that. But I was not the man. So 
Don't, don't think I'm saying that. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to make a point here is because that was my territory for a season where the Lord had me. He had me there spiritually because in, in the Bible, it says we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against strongholds and principalities. So you can't just walk into an area and not understand what you're up against. Sometimes that's how people get blindsided. They don't understand the spiritual dynamics of the area. And so they walk into an area thinking that they, you know, they got this. And if they don't go prayed up and don't understand the spiritual dynamics of it, they get, uh, you know, really messed up. I've seen it happen a lot of times. That doesn't mean God's not with you, but you, you know, you need to work out. It's like, if you're going to be in the Olympics, you know, you gotta, you don't just go into the Olympics and do the triathlon. You got to practice and, 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 you know, work out and get your body in shape. And that's the same thing spiritually. You got to be prayed up. You got to have intercessors, you know, praying for you. You got to, so, you know, when I went on the radio in Hollywood, I mean, we were up against the spirits that were out of that territory, which are horrible, demonic. They want to rip you to shreds. They want to, you know, and so you have to be prayed up. You have to be walking in holiness and purity and do your best to stand. And uh, it just takes a lot of intercession, you know. And, and so anyways, I mean, you know, you see what's going on there and it's affecting our nation. And now people are, people are depressed, and people are dealing with drug addiction and, and people are leaving California in the droves, by the way. And, um, and I'm concerned for our country because, you know, my, my wife probably didn't want me to share this, but I'm going to share it. it. You know, she had a dream and, and she saw Christians under persecution. And I think it's a confirmation to me. I'm not going to get into the dream or whatever, but, you know, she saw Christians under persecution. I'm going to just say this, you know, we're seeing this coming at our doorstep, ladies and gentlemen, people that lived in, in communist Russia in the USSR when, when, before the iron curtain fell, they see the problems. People that lived in Cuba and, and, you know, Venezuela and other countries, they see the problems in the United States. In fact, they're shocked. They're like, I can't believe this is happening in the United States. I cannot believe that people are, are discouraged about this, especially if they've come from a socialist communist country because they, they just never thought this would happen in the United States. Americans are looking at it, you know, kind of lathadaisical, kind of, um, you know, apathetic. They're just like, yeah, you know, that'll never happen here, you know, but I'm going to, I'm here to tell you right now that, that listen, and I'm, I'm not just saying this to say it. I, I, I talk to a lot of people. I see a lot of different situations around the country. I feel like I have my hand on the pulse of what's going on right now in our nation. And so, what I'm telling you is, is that I'm sounding the alarm right now. We, we are at a very important, you know, defining moment in our country right now. And, uh, and, and the battle is, is, like I said earlier about Hollywood, this is national. We're, we're in a battle for the very soul of our nation, for the very future of this country. The fact that if we're going to be persecuted like the, the Uyghurs or, you know, even the church in China that are told what to preach and, you know, you can only have state-sanctioned churches. Otherwise, the church has to be underground and people get arrested for being Christians. This is where it's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, you have to understand there's a segment of people in this country that absolutely hate Christianity. They want to silence us. They think we're conspiracy theorists. They think we're, we're racist. They think all these awful things that they've been deceived about. And, and because we've been apathetic, silent, not, not operating in the gifts, not operating in the full anointing and really operating in the authority of who we are because we've been scared and we've been silenced. See, I, I thought about something today. We're not the silent majority. We're the silenced majority. We've allowed ourselves to be silenced. We can't be silenced anymore. This is time for us to be bold. You know, think about what the Bible says when, they talk, when it talks about Paul, the apostle Paul. He spoke boldly. It says it all the time. He spoke boldly. Why do you think that it's saying that? It's saying that because in the time when Paul was, was in his ministry, 
it was dangerous for him in the Roman Empire to be doing the things that he was doing, to be saying, I mean, he went to jail for his faith. And this is what we're facing right now, is we're facing this very important precipice moment in our country where we're on the, on the, on the, on the, literally the cusp of a possible communist regime taking over. If the Democrat Party gets in, they're going to put in the radicals. These are radical people. And they hate Christianity. Christianity is, is like their enemy. I'm not trying to fear monger tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, I study their platform. I see what they're talking about. I see what their signs. Have you seen that sign that says love is love and Black Lives Matter and all these different things on there? It's like the Democrat, Democrat platform people are putting up in their yards. Well, you know, I mean, it sounds really good. Love is love and all these great things. You notice what's not on there? What's not on there is anything about a higher being. And that's because the Democrat Party have taken the higher being out of the party. They don't like God. They, they say, you know, trust in science. Science has become their God. It's mammon. It's, it's literally mammon. It's, 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 it's Luciferianism. Because what does Luciferianism do? It, it, it causes people to think that man has the power, that man can be God, just like what Lucifer did, where he thought he could be God. It's that same prideful spirit. What does the Bible say? Pride comes before a fall. And so if our nation thinks that we're going to trust in science instead of God, then we have a huge problem. I mean, we have a huge, huge problem. And this is something that's happened in history before, and it's happening again. They're taking God out of everything. They've been doing it systematically for years, for decades now. We got into wickedness, into sexual exploitation, and just a wickedness as a culture. And we, you know, the, the pornography, the, the stuff that we're sending out around the world from Hollywood and all these, you know, the celebrity culture, pop culture. And for years, the church has just been like, you know, silent in the background. And these pastors that come out, I'm sorry, but some of them look just like the world. They do these ridiculous things. They're hanging out with celebrity. I don't even know what the difference is between them. I mean, they're literally like the same thing. They're like celebrity pastors, but are they really pastors? Are they even standing for truth and righteousness? Are they standing for the blood? I never hear them talk about the blood of Jesus or the cross of Calvary. I never hear them talk about repentance. They don't talk about those things. It's like this whole new version of Christianity. Well, you can't have a new version of Christianity. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no difference. There's no, you can't reinvent yourself. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the relevancy, where people think they got to be culturally relevant. Jesus is always relevant. His word is always relevant. His anointing is always relevant. If you walk into a room and you, and you are able to lay hands on somebody and heal them in Jesus' name, you better believe that's relevant. If somebody's, you know, hurting and you pray over them in the name of Jesus, that's relevant. People are going to feel that anointing. I mean, I was on an interview this week um, on the radio. We were doing something on the Patreon Peter show, and I saw somebody feel the presence of God because they started tearing up. That's what we can do in the power of Jesus is that we can move the atmosphere in the room. We can change the entire thing. People say, this country's doomed. Well, I just said a lot of horrible things like the country's doomed, right? I mean, so I guess I'd be guilty of that tonight because, I mean, we're, I have to sound the alarm. I have to sound the alarm and let people know just how late the hour is. But here's the thing where it gets good is, is that we can still turn this around. I know it's like at the very, you know, 1159 hour. But if the church repents and stands up and cries out to the God of heaven and earth for, you know, mercy, I believe that we can see mercy. I believe we will see mercy. And even though there's going to be warfare and turbulence, I think God will give us a little bit more time. But, but we have to absolutely be on our faces before God. I mean, we got to be fasting. We got to be praying. We got to be crying out to God right now. That's where we are in this timeline. 
So I hope everybody understands how important this is. Is every day, and I, I talk to different people, I see what's going on out here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so crucial and important. You got to get your friends, make sure they're registered to vote, the Christians. I keep speaking about the number 25 million Christians that aren't even registered. We got to get every one of those people registered. We got to get them out there voting. We got to vote for Donald Trump. It's absolutely crucial. The election is not the end all be all. The church really needs to lead the culture. It's not really about politics, but right now that happens to be uh, ground zero in this battle because of the very significant um, distinction between the two parties and, and what we can see of our freedoms and liberties. So, Anyways, listen, I'm going to go enjoy my weekend. I hope you do too. Be safe. We're going to be back next week. Make sure you check out the website, toddcoconato.com. It's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com. Of course, there's always remnant.news or rmntnews.com. This is the Daily Rundown with Pastor Todd. It's Saturday, 8-15, 2020. Thank you for tuning in and God bless you.